It's time for Dodger baseball. That's a great strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Mookie Betts, Craig Swing, left field. I don't care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. What is up, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. We've got a jam-packed show, of course. We're going to talk about the latest Dodgers trade rumors. We've got a bomb that was dropped late yesterday. Could we see some news today about Tyler Glasnow, about Margot? And, of course, today we are joined by the man of the hour right here, Dodgers Digest's own Mr. Bruce Koontz, the man that is responsible for helping break this story, this news that the Dodgers are heavily involved in a trade for Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot. We're going to dive in that. But Bruce, first of all, move over Jeff Passant. Move over Ken Rosenthal. Bruce, you have a ride, my guy. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been a whirlwind of the last 14, 15 hours, and I've been enjoying it. And I'm very happy to be here. And yeah, we were in communication. We were talking before this and in, in before this interview and just talking about just the idea of Tyler Glasnow and what the Dodgers need and kind of where they're at right now. But as far as this very moment, as far as executing this trade, are we in the red zone? Are we inside the five just pushing over the goal line? This is going to happen as far as Tyler Glasnow to the Dodgers, right? Just only a matter of time. Yeah, from my um, best knowledge, I know Ken Rosenthal mentioned it in his report as well. The deal is not fully complete at this point, but we're very close. They're hashing out smaller details. Um, I would say that for the most, most likely, this deal will definitely get done, and we're just waiting on a bigger announcement here within what it could be today, maybe tomorrow. Um, but I think that we're pretty close to getting this finalized. And as far as what the Dodgers are giving up. You, of course, by the way, if you do not follow Bruce, definitely go give him a follow over on Twitter. He's a must-follow for all you Dodgers fans. You probably already follow him, but if you are not, it is BNicholas7. We'll drop his handle down below in the comments and in the information. But, Bruce, when you look at who they're giving up, and Tyler Glasnow, we're talking about someone who, he is the prototypical power ace pitcher, and it's only a matter of health. If he's healthy and he stays on the mound, we're talking about electric fastball, a slider that he had a few years ago, a great curveball. We know that when he's on the mound, he's filthy. It just, can he give you more than 25 starts? Last year, he had a career-high 21 starts. The only pitch over 100 innings in a season twice in his career. We understand that, but at the end of the day, it's on a one year of team control, and he's exactly what the Dodgers need. But as far as what they're giving up, you're reporting Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. Who are the Dodgers giving up, and how do you feel about that? Because Pepio was someone who, last season, when he got his opportunity, of course, a 2-1-4 ERA, he cleaned up some of the command issues. Really, as far as his ceiling, do you see Pepio as a strong number three, a possible number two? Just talk about what the Dodgers are parting ways with in this trade, how you feel about that, Bruce. Yeah. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 
in a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Ultimately, when I um, received the tip yesterday, this is a little bit more than I expected to go back for the raise. But the more I thought about it, um, I, I'm really okay with it from the Dodgers' perspective. Um, Ryan Pepio, super valuable player, obviously. Johnny DeLuca, very valuable as well. But like you talked about, I think Ryan Pepio has a ceiling of probably a strong number three, could creep into number two territory for some organizations, probably not in the Dodgers with the strengths that they have um, in pitching. But um, I think ultimately the Dodgers are looking at this as if you have a chance to go get an ace in Tyler Glass now, even if he's only going to be on the mound for, you hope, for 25 starts, um, the Dodgers would love to be able to pencil him in as the game one starter in the playoffs. And they feel good enough about their depth um, throughout the pitching staff to get there. Tyler Glass now is a huge pickup when you're just looking at the postseason and the ability to win the World Series next year. And then when it comes to Johnny DeLuca, you got the Johnny DeLuca mustache, Bruce. I appreciate that. And, of course, you got Southern California roots. He looks like the modern-day Ron Say, the effort, the defensive upside that he has. At the end of the day, you can't guarantee he's going to be someone that you could put in there as a platoon option with Jason Hayward and right? But how do you feel about losing Johnny DeLuca, though, as a possibility in this trade? Look, DeLuca um, has a ton of value in his own right. I think that he's going to be a big leaguer for a while now, um, even if it's just as a platoon option. He mashed left-handed pitching all the way through the minor leagues, and I have full confidence that he'll continue to do that in the majors. He brings great defense, can play all three outfield spots, one of the fastest guys in the big leagues, according to StatCast last year. So Johnny DeLuca, whether he's a Dodger or winds up being a Ray in this deal, is going to be a valuable player. Um, ultimately, though, I think... From the Dodgers' perspective, DeLuca has a um, strong possibility to serve that role in a left-handed platoon that is valuable in his own right, but a chance to go get an ace in Tyler Glass now. He's not the kind of name that you're going to let hold up that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. We're not talking about Michael Bush or Emmett Sheehan or some of these other top-level prospects that we expected for possibly a Dylan Cease type of move, right, for an Emmett Sheehan caliber of pitcher. And then Michael Bush, of course, who's been stuck really in limbo in this organization for years. We know that he doesn't belong in AAA like Andrew Friedman said last week. But as far as Mar uh, Manuel Margot, Manuel Margot to me is very interesting because last season he did great out, of course, defensively took a little drop off. Of course, he's coming off that patella knee injury. Wasn't the same defensively, especially in center field, but you throw him in right field. Wasn't an above average bat last year, but for his career, if you look at the way that he can hit against lefties, 281 for his career. Do you feel good about him as a platoon option? I mean, we're talking before the show, you could absolutely do worse than a Hayward and Margot platoon situation there and right. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home.
Definitely. I mean, when I look at it, I know Hayward's going to be the strong side of that platoon starting against right-handed pitching, and the Dodgers feel fully confident there. He was great last year. And then just picking up Manuel Margot for that other side, DeLuca would have served that role really well, and I think that's where he was penciled in before this trade if it goes through like expected. But picking up Margot, that's a veteran there. Like you mentioned, he's coming off some injury troubles, but um, just sticking him in right field against lefties, um, with postseason experience, I think the Dodgers can feel good about the consistency that they pick up there. It's a high high floor type of option there that the Dodgers can expect at least solid production out of Margo. Yeah, absolutely. Is a postseason experience as long as he doesn't try to steal home on Kirsch, I think it's going to be okay, and hopefully won't have that opportunity. But you look at Margot; he's set to make over ten million dollars next year. He's got the mutual option there for twenty twenty five at twelve million. But of course, the comments are definitely going to be flooded with this next name. We'll ask you about because look, we're in a situation, Bruce, where we've been talking all off season about this off season and what they needed to do to get back to the World Series, and so not just get back, but to win the World series of course they got the big fish right they got Shohei Otani the ultimate prize and then it was addressing starting pitching and not just starting pitching but frontline starting pitching like you mentioned a few minutes ago a game one level starter that's exactly what Tyler Glass now is if he's healthy Margo you got some outfield options but we could really end this offseason if we not only trade for those two guys but you also trade for a Randy a Rosarena are you hearing anything on that front when it comes to a Rose Reina potentially being a part of this deal? Look, so right now, I haven't heard anything on for or against the Rose Reina's inclusion in this deal. I know the deal is close to the finish line and it's still getting worked out. My gut says those details that are getting worked on are more minor details than a big inclusion like a Rosarena. A Rosarena is the type of player that negotiations for a trade like that would have to be happen for, happening for a pretty long time leading up to that in order to get both sides on the same page. And um, real quick on that front, I want to mention Mark Topkin um, of the Tampa Bay Times right before we went on the air here, released an article where he claims that the deal does not include Ray's all-star outfielder, Randy Rosarena. So that's some further confirmation there. I think this deal is mostly going to revolve around the four players that I reported last night. Um, and some of the details that they're waiting on before this gets finalized likely have to do with money, like Ken Rosenthal mentioned, or some other minor details that they're just figuring out, whether it's medicals or whatever else like that. Yeah, I mean, the talk out there is the asking price a little high right now. Of course, the Rose Rain is still under three years of team control. But Bruce, what do you make of that social media move? Is that just the social media troll job of the century? You post a picture with Otani, not even on your story. You make a post out of it. You remove the Rays from your bio there. I mean, just what do you make of that? Just Randy Rose Rain being Randy Rose Rain. That's what I'm thinking it is. I, I think so. He might have seen an opportunity to really some attention right there and get some clicks on his Instagram, which obviously you can't hate the guy for. I mean, um, it definitely worked. He was the talk of the town last night. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It could be that there's something going on behind the scenes, just me guessing if he wants out of Tampa Bay, anything like that. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what kind of reporting happens there. Um, it's been rumored that um, he could be on the trade block, but for now, I think it's unlikely that that's going to be in this trade. The Dodgers could go back and address that later in the offseason, but for now, it's likely to remain those four names that we talked about earlier. Yeah, and then, Bruce, I think the next big question becomes, if you pull this off, which we knew was the next big step after signing Otani, getting frontline starting pitching, but we also knew that it wasn't just one frontline starter. It was two, 
right? right? Whether it be two via trade, two via free agency, we're learning now it's going to be one through trade, which we knew you had to get guys off that 40 man roster. You couldn't stash these prospects forever. But now the big question is, do you get Yamamoto? How are you feeling about that? Of course, yesterday it did leak. You did have on Dodger vision, Yamamoto wearing the jersey. Of course, the Dodgers, attention to detail, knows no bounds. Of course, we know that they probably pulled out all the stops for him. To me, that tells me that one, Otani, of course, is on board with this, has given it his blessing, and maybe he wasn't there in person for the recruiting pitch, but maybe a text, maybe a call, and that'd be tough to turn down Otani if he's saying, okay, come join the Dodgers. We're going to win World Series. We're going to be the team of Japan. Just what does your gut tell you right now as far as where Yamamoto is at? Do you expect the Dodgers to sign him? Yeah, um, in terms of Yamamoto, I don't have any specific insider information to share here that's concrete. But from my own personal opinion and from my gut, I definitely am expecting the Dodgers to go after him heavily. Um, we've seen with this structure that Shohei Otani worked into his contract, there's plenty of money to spend. And even after t- acquiring Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot, if this trade gets finalized, um, there's still more money to spend there um, before the Dodgers are in deep trouble with the luxury tax. Um, there's plenty of dollars there to go get Yamamoto. I know he would be a massive addition to this team to make a two-headed monster at the top of the rotation with Glasnow and Yamamoto. So the Dodgers are going to do what they can to pursue that. I know there's other teams that are heavily involved with Yamamoto as well. The Yankees, the Giants, the Red Sox have been mentioned, the Mets as well. So it's going to be stiff competition, um, but I would definitely expect the Dodgers to do everything they can to try and get Yamamoto in blue. Yeah, when you look at Yamamoto and a potential contract that he could sign early in the offseason, there was a lot of talk. Maybe 250s on the high side, maybe 275s on the high side. Now with the market, the way it's played out, we're hearing 300 and above. But if it's someone like Yamamoto, who it's a unique thing to just have the opportunity to sign him at that age where he's at in his career, don't you expect to see opt-outs in that deal? And then at the end of the day, maybe this doesn't turn out to be a nine-year deal or an eight-year deal. Maybe it's something more along the lines of a five or potentially six-year deal when it's all said and done. And it's really a good problem to have here, the Dodgers, because that means he pitched very well when he was in blue. Yeah, my best guess here with this contract is that it's going to wind up in an eight, nine, 10 year range as an overall contract. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Yamamoto negotiates in an opt out around when he's 29 or 30 years old, where he can opt out, go back into the market and get another massive contract at that point. Um, That would make a lot of sense to me. Again, that's not off of any insider information, but that's just my gut and what I would predict will play out here. Um, The Yankees heavily involved, the Dodgers heavily involved, other teams. I think when you see this much competition, that's definitely going to run that price tag up. We could see a bidding war develop. And I am expecting at this point that Yamamoto is going to eclipse $300 million personally. Absolutely. I think competition, you got all the heavyweights involved, the Yankees, the Mets. But I mean, the lore of playing for a franchise that reportedly you're a fan of and you just signed Shohei Otani, that's going to be tough to say no to if the money's there. If you're looking at it, $25 million per year AAV. Andrew Friedman has been absolutely cooking all offseason. Who's going to tell this guy no with what he's done this offseason? So I think you're absolutely right now from a scouting standpoint, just looking at what he's able to do as a pitcher. I mean, look, period, point blank, he has dominated the second best 
baseball league in the world for years now. I mean, we're talking sub two ERA, a 121 ERA last year. The command is pristine. He doesn't give up home runs. The fork ball's filthy. But just when you see him as a pitcher and how that translates to the show, do you think that it's going to be an easy transition? Do you see us still playing up as a true ace at this level? Full confidence. I think that Yamamoto is going to come over here and still be a full-blown ace. His pitch metrics and everything there, he's got a deep repertoire of multiple pitches that as soon as he gets over here are going to be among the best in baseball. His fastball is fantastic. That split finger might be the best in the game as soon as he steps foot on a major league mound. So I've got a lot of confidence that Yamamoto is as safe of a bet to give a massive contract to as you could um, find for a pitcher. He's got the age, he's got the stuff, he's got the track record of dominance over there in Japan that is a very legitimate baseball league, and that definitely can't get undersold. So I, I definitely have confidence that any team that gets Yamamoto is going to be getting an ace. Nice. That is a good Christmas. Man, our parents had a great year last year. We're having a good Christmas. We're getting Otani, Glass now. We just added Yamamoto. Now, when you look at all those innings, Bueller on a pitch count, Glass now career high 121 innings last year. Yamamoto still adjusting from the MPB to the MLB, right? It's going to be a little different. The ball's not tacky. You're not going six days, and it's going to be a little bit different with workload. When you count the innings up and down, do you see maybe a next starter, whether it be a second or third tier guy? I mean, you look at the way the money is spent. Lucas Giolito, maybe on a two-year, forty to forty-five million dollar contract with an opt-out after one. I think Giolito fully believes he's still a one hundred plus million dollar pitcher. CAA friends with Otani. Of course, they bond over when they're in their time with the Angels. I think it makes a lot of sense to get a Giolito as well because he's been an innings eater. Do you anticipate one of those caliber type pitchers to add to this group? It definitely wouldn't surprise me. And I think a lot of that also has to do with how the Yamamoto proceedings play out. Um, I think the Dodgers, as soon as this class now deal gets officialized, um, assuming that is going to happen. They're going to try and focus on getting another top arm, whether it's Yamamoto. Maybe if they strike out there, they could shift their focus to a Montgomery, a Snell, a Shoto Imanaga, something like that. But I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them also pursue some depth innings, maybe more towards the back end of the rotation of a Giolito, Jack Flaherty type. Um, but at the same time, I also think the Dodgers have a lot of really quality depth there that is right in AAA or right on the brink of the major leagues. You know, you've got Gavin Stone, Nick Frosso, and Landon Knack getting ready to debut next year. River Ryan is in AAA as well. There's a ton of names there in the back end of the rotation that are going to be capable of filling innings. So while I wouldn't be surprised if I see a move like that, I also don't think the Dodgers are backed into a corner where they necessarily have to. Yeah, at some point, too, you got to usher in the depth, and that's what you build at that level. You have a lot of people talk, talking about, hey, if there's one guy you want to identify, Frosso is the upside play as well. So, yeah, you're 100% right in that fact that the way they develop talent, the way we saw last year, Bobby Miller, no one expected him to reach the heights that he had. Yes, he was the top pitching prospect, but the year he had, the stuff he had, it wouldn't surprise me to see someone take that next step and be that guy. I'm hoping it's Gavin Stone, personally, just with the year he had last year and all the expectations. But a couple more things I'll let you go, Bruce. I know you probably got people hitting you up next, left and right. I know you probably got an appearance on MLB Network coming up after this. But, Bruce, I want to get your reaction when you learned – that we had signed Shohei Otani. I mean, are you a screaming dude? I was drinking champagne out of my shoe, but what was your reaction, Bruce? I mean, must have been an incredible feeling, but just how'd you react? 
It, it was an immediate phone call to one of my best friends and screams. He was in the <laughs> drive-thru at Raising Cane's. I called him. He hadn't heard the news yet. I don't know if he could understand a word I was saying right out of the gate. That was an extremely exciting time and a moment that I'm going to remember forever, I think. Um, it's an extremely exciting time um, to be following this team right now. There's a lot of winning that's coming up in the future. And yeah, right in that moment of finding out that the Dodgers signed Shohei Otani, absolute elation and just excitement. You get a cop a jersey, it's going to be tough to find. I mean, already did, man. It's in the pre orders. That's what I'm talking about. Well, hey, Bruce, we can't thank you enough. We know you're busy this morning. We we congratulate you being on this story. Of course, the Dodgers closing in on a Tyler Glass now, Manuel Margot trade. We'll see if we see some fireworks with Randy Rosarena. But at the end of the day, the number one priority was getting an ace-level pitcher, and that's the most important part of this trade. And we can't thank you enough. By the way, if you do not follow Mr. Bruce, definitely go follow him. We're going to leave his handle down below. But we, you can follow him at BNicholas7. We're going to leave that down below in the info section. But Bruce from Dodgers Digest, we appreciate you joining us here on Dodgers Dugout Live, my man. I want to give a shout-out to real quick before I go to my guy, Jack Aisley Heron. Um, I was able to work together with him to get this scoop, and I, I appreciate him working with me very much. This has been a really fun last 15 hours or so, and um, I appreciate you having me on. This has been a lot of fun, too. Um, we've got a great era of Dodger baseball coming up here, and I'm super pumped to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Big shout out to our guy, Jack over there, MLB nerds. Of course, he does a fantastic jobs. And I know you guys are feeling that adrenaline, that rush that you get with all this. I trust me. I totally get it. I know how those DMS are flying in right now. And I totally know what's up, but, uh, Bruce, you the man and just keep doing what you do. Keeping, keeping us locked at the prospect level at the major league level. And like you said, this is not the golden age of Dodger baseball. It's the platinum age, right? I mean, we're talking, we need multiple World Series titles, but this has been the off season of the ages, and we appreciate you being a big part of it, my guy. Absolutely, Doug. Appreciate you having me on. All right, take it easy, Bruce. See ya. All right, guys, so that was my guy, Bruce Coons over there from Dodgers Digest, of course, on that Tyler Glasnow story. And look, we're going to break down Glasnow more in depth, but look, at the end of the day, what you're getting is, like I said, he is the hard-throwing ace. If you're going to a lab, you're looking for a hard-throwing ace, he's what you come out with. The guy who has a power fastball, he has dropped a little bit in velocity, still averaging over 96 miles per hour on it in the 80th percentile. The curveball, the slider, he's the guy that he attacks you. He comes right at you. He's got the vertical movement, also has the extension. The extension is one of the tops in Major League Baseball. The guy stands at six foot eight. The extension is seven foot five towards the plate. So he's right on top of you. And look, anytime you're on the Tampa Bay Rays, they're already optimizing you. I mean, he didn't find his footing with the Pirates and he goes to the Rays and he really turns into one of the filthiest pitchers when he's on the mound. So yeah, as far as his ceiling goes, it's just maintaining what we saw last season and keeping him healthy. I mean, he's had some oblique injuries, had some forearm strains, of course, did have Tommy John surgery, but you are getting him when he just came off pitching a career high in innings, a career high in starts. And like Bruce said, he is a game one starter and he hasn't had tremendous success in the postseason, a 572 career ERA, but he is the guy that really gets the ball rolling towards the rebuild of this rotation. If you remember the day after the postseason loss, I sat right in this chair and I said the Dodgers need to trade for Tyler Glasnow because it made all the sense in the world when you consider that there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. And that is what he is on. And one year uh, remaining of team control, that's what he has left. And look, financially, 
Yes, of course, the way that the CBT, the CBA is structured, they are not going to be able to benefit from having a lesser CBT hit because of the trade, but still he's someone who's going to be in a position to get himself a big payday with a good year. And like I said, fastball slider curveball combination elite at when it comes to pure raw stuff. He has Cy Young stuff. He has a stuff. And look, you're giving up Ryan Pepio, who we look at that strand rate north of 99%. You look at that BABIP number. He was going to come down to earth. I mean, Pepio had a 2-1-4 ERA, which was great. And you look at pitchers with a minimum of 40 innings pitched. Only 17 other pitchers had an ERA in that ballpark. They were all relievers, right? Only two pitchers on the Dodgers that had a better expected ERA was Bruce Dark Gradrall and Evan Phillips. So, look, Pepio, he's a high-end three. There's a small chance that he could be a two, but he's a high-end three. Really, the issue with Pepio is... He's a fly ball pitcher and the high home run to fly ball rate. A little too high for my liking right now. A lot of solo shots, but I still think there's a world where you're trading Pepio on a high. We'll see if he is ultimately included in that deal. There's a chance that he's not. I think that I'd be shocked if you're not going to trade one of or not both of Bush and Vargas this offseason. So that remains to be seen. And you look at a Johnny DeLuca. You're not losing too much there. I think there's a world where DeLuca, from a defensive standpoint, he absolutely provides tons of value. The effort's there. The athleticism's there. The speed is there. But we still have to see if he can hit at this level. It's a small sample size, but you got to give up some to get something. And then Margot, too, you got to look at as a backup option for center field. So he can play some center field, plays right field, hits against lefties, 281 career average. The platoon split, splits are actually pretty balanced there last season Margot he wasn't above a uh, below average bat but I think change of scenery another year removed by the uh the knee injury I think it makes a ton of sense that Randy Arozarena is the ultimate wild card what I've been hearing about Arozarena is that the asking price is really high right now and he's gonna be making seven million next season is estimated and yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to be a very high asking price for him. If it happens, it'd be great. Like I said, we could end the off season this week. We could end the off season this week. Got Otani, get Glasnow, sign Yamamoto. You got raw, you got Margot and Hayward platoon in right field and you get Randy in left. Boom. We're ready to roll. When's the parade. Okay. And I hear the haters out there. They're going to win 162 games and then lose to the Rockies in three. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. It's a new era. Of Dodger baseball. No more postseason collapses. Not with Otani in the mix. By the way, I love how Otani not only had the deferrals, but in his contract is that I'm saving you money so you can go out there and get me talent. You can surround me with as many pieces as possible. This is exactly what's happening. He's not going to war with butter knives anymore. He's not the Bugatti parked at the trailer park anymore. No, that's not what he is. Otani signed here for a reason, and that's to win World Series titles, and that's why we're seeing so much activity. Yesterday, when I tweeted at 248 about Tyler Glasnow, that is when I heard that they were very close to getting a trade done. So follow the breadcrumbs. Listen to the Nuggets. But a couple more comments here. We're going to be back a little later. Ante, I just want to have Bruce on here. Like I said, go give him a follow. Really happy for him. DMAC is too optimistic. How could you call me too optimistic when we just signed Shohei Otani? We are going to get, by the way, yes, I'm one of those guys who says we 
in referring to his team. I, I got, uh, yes, I do that. And I know I don't play for the Dodgers. I never put on that uniform, but uh, you know what I mean? But as far as Otani and the Dodgers, how could you not feel optimistic, especially I'm feeling really good about the Yamamoto trade. I mean, the Yamamoto visit yesterday. Yamamoto is someone who absolutely makes all the sense in the world. He's the only guy of the free agents that I would want to give that kind of money to. I wouldn't want to give that kind of money to Snell or Montgomery, but Yamamoto, you saw he was on Dodger vision. I'm sure that there were some questions about, oh, do you want to have two Japanese stars on one team? Well, the fact that the Dodgers were that aggressive on their pitch lets you know that Otani gave that his blessing. And that's at the base level. More so, Otani is an additive, positive element to this recruiting pitch, whether it be a FaceTime, a phone call, a text. Because, I mean, if you're Yamamoto, you know all every single eyeball in Japan is going to be on the Dodgers for the next 10 years. Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to win the World Series? What's that going to do for your endorsement? So think about all of those things if you're Yamamoto. Dodgers make all the sense in the world. Yankees wouldn't fault anyone for signing with the pinstripes. Mets, you going to win next year? Not so sure. They're making long-term plays for pitchers, and Stephen Cohen went to Japan to meet with him, but still. The Dodgers, they have the juice, man. Dodgers, they're it right now. They're the it team. Unless you're not the Dodgers, right? Unless you are. When people say they hate on the Dodgers because of what they're doing right now. They don't hate the Dodgers. They hate that their team can't do what the Dodgers are doing. Let's be honest here. We got a 199 super chat. I'd rather they have Kike back. I don't want Margot. I mean, if we're being completely honest though, I mean, Margot in the outfield and as a hitter, you look at 10 million. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Kike could still come back theoretically, but Let's see what they do. I mean, they're not done yet. And I do think that there is some mutual interest there. We have the prospects for Randy Rose. Randy go all in. They do. I'm not giving up Emmett Sheehan, though. I'll tell you that much. Emmett Sheehan is not going anywhere. Uh, Randy is literally the cherry on top. That's from Joseph. Because if this trade is as reported, it sucks. That's $2. Feeling glass now. He pumps heat and is filthy. Yeah, we're going to do a full in-depth breakdown of him in a little bit. We got, uh, you think Taylor can't play right field from 275 vet? Of course he can. I mean, Taylor can, that, but that's not his value. His value is being the Chris Army Knight, playing multiple positions, and injuries are going to happen. That's just baseball, right? And that's where you keep Chris Taylor as that Band-Aid, and you apply him when necessary. But D-Mac, you're a Dodger fan as far as, uh, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, true. I mean, for sure. I mean, uh, Dodgers as a pitcher is Bobby Miller, not Pepio. Uh, Pepio has a massive Babbitt and strand rate. Yeah, that's why I point out, Justin. Uh, look at the Fabian tweet, DMAC Jr. So what did Fabian tweet here? This should be very interesting. Let's see. We got uh, Yoshinobi Amo was me with the Dodgers yesterday at Dodgers. Dan featured star power that included Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani. Sources tell me and Ken Rosenthal. So there you have it. Shohei Otani was a part of the pitch. He was at the meeting. He was probably smiling from ear to ear. And then you had Mookie and Freddie. Okay, this is as all-in as I've ever seen this organization. This is as all-in as this franchise has ever been. And that makes me feel that much better about the possibility of Yamamoto in Dodger Blue. Friedman is cooking with gas. Get that statue ready. Might as well have a statue unveiling for Friedman tomorrow at the same time as the Otani press conference, which is at 3 o'clock 
in at Dodgers Stadium. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Just kind of a, a little tighter episode today because we're going to be back later, especially after any news drops. So definitely stay locked in here. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. Appreciate I'm going to go back and read the super chats. Uh, still on the Otani uh, high right now. Camelback countdowns from John. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Need a lefty in the rotation. Isaac, it's nice. Imanaga is still out there, but you don't necessarily need a lefty. It, you absolutely would benefit from one. And look at, we've seen this be a heavy lefty rotation for a while. But when you look at the splits, it's not the end all be all, but it's definitely not nothing. But uh, it, it's, it's all is just about getting the best pitchers you possibly can that fit this rotation. But 499. Uh, could you imagine a Rose Rain, a Kike, and Joe Kelly on the same roster? Oh, Phantom. 49, that'd be a lot of fun. That's what I'm saying. That's Major League Four right there. Write the script. We're in Hollywood already. Uh, Justin, hey, Doug, imagine if if you are Eduardo Rodriguez. You reject a trade to L.A. only to be stuck in L.A.'s division. He got his money, though. I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? Eduardo Rodriguez is on the Diamondbacks. Says he got his bag there, right? Fingers crossed. Otani press conference tomorrow. Great times, Craig. But yeah, thanks again, guys, for joining us here on the number one Dodgers show on YouTube, Dodgers Dugout Live on the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the channel. Also, shout out to Super Producer Jordan, rocking the board over there, as always, looking at the comments. And remember, nothing brings it together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.